Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Poplar PropCast. We are bringing back a previous guest. He gave us a market update on the Ohio market, focusing on Columbus and talking a little bit about the other places out there in Ohio and what's happening. So we're happy to have back on the Poplar PropCast with Solutions for Real Estate, Mitch Dominski. Mitch, thanks for joining. Thank you, Justin. Hey, I'm great. I'm, I don't have any major disasters in Vegas, but I know that Ohio's, I mean... You get a lot of trains going through Ohio anyway, right? I mean, you got to go through Ohio to get anywhere, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So so how frequent are train derailments? I don't, they're not. They're not. Huh. I mean, we have them, I don't know, every few years. But, um, and, you know, like the explosion that happened yesterday, I can remember one in, um, Middletown, Ohio, like 25, 30 years ago. And uh, this explosion, my, you're talking about the metallurgy stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, even my my mom grew up on the Ohio River, so that's real close to, you know, in Kentucky. And there was a huge explosion down there, too, back when she was, um, I don't know, nine years old or whatever. So 70 years ago. Jeez. Well, the metallurgy one kind of, I mean, it makes sense that a plant that's full of molten metal has a propensity to maybe blow up. Well, I, I don't, it doesn't have a propensity to blow up, but if something's going to blow, it's going to be where there's a lot of heat and stuff that can explode. Um, but as far as the train goes, I mean, you've got a, a giant multi-ton thing trekking through and then just have it crumple like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, well. If you see any of the video, they say that thing was on fire for quite a while before it came yeah. into town. So it was. Um, it's very unfortunate. I, I just can't imagine people. Uh, you know, you have to leave your house, and you have to go yeah. somewhere else. You know, from a property management standpoint, you know, we're talking about full blown hurricane, earthquake, leaving town. You know, they don't write the book on that other than uh, what's the right thing to do for that tenant right now? What can you do? Uh, right. Sometimes you can't do anything, um, but um, you can get real creative real quick. You it know? is a challenge. It's one of those things that in property management, whenever, you know, when I was with my previous company, we had houses in uh, Houston during Hurricane Harvey. We had a lot of houses in Florida. And so when hurricanes came through, there was always that question. And with the flooding in Hurricane Harvey, there were houses that took six months to a year to fully remediate because there was so much flood damage, which is just all kinds of tragic. Um, but Ohio, this is, I mean, it's not normal to have a disaster of this scale um, affecting a town like this. This is right. pretty gnarly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's unfortunate. And it comes right in a time too when we're looking towards the future and the transition of Ohio with the chip fab coming into Columbus and kind of more, more and more industry coming back to the U.S. And as they look around and try and pick spots, there's a lot of talk about Ohio, especially because of its access to the rail networks, which is the way yeah, a lot the, of this stuff gets moved around. Yeah, the the rail systems. Also, uh, we have a secondary airport, Rickenbacker that is known for their distribution. I mean, <laughs> basically you can get um, anywhere, you know, in, I don't know what percentage it is uh, within a two hour flight 
of Columbus and just a lot of distribution goes through there. And it, uh, you know, with, with the chip manufacturers, it's not just, you know, think about the raw materials that need to go into these products. And then we're also getting awarded battery plants, um, you know, in, in rural Ohio too. And they're all kind of melding together here. That might be the wrong word to use, but um, they, <laughs> just they, um, you know, all of a sudden these technologies are going to break off and be able to go off to, uh, you know, different parts of, you know, an industry. So, yeah. so Ohio still has this, this really bright future. It has a lot of strong things coming into it, but one of we're kind of burying the lead here because one of the reasons you're back on is that you have, you have something to announce and kind of share, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess we, we both do. So you yeah. make the announcement, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, uh, we we uh, a year ago, uh, about this time, I was searching out new technology on um, to keep up with the industry, and also uh, looking to grow. We're always looking to grow, uh, which we're approaching six hundred units right now. And um, it just so happened I got a phone call out of the blue from you guys, Poplar Homes, um, interested in selling. And, uh, you know, I've, I've taken those calls before over the years. And I, I always say yes. You know, I always want to find out what's going on out there. And one of the first questions that I got asked from, um, who was it? He's gonna. He's gonna hate. Are you me. talking to Keenan first or Scott? Yes, Keenan. Keenan. Yeah. Keenan. <laughs> Keenan said, "What is your? You know, usually when you start these phone calls, it's how much do you want, and that's not what I'm all about." Um, he asked, "You know, what are you struggling with? What are your pain points?" And that was kind of refreshing. We just started talking, and um, um, everything sounded good in the direction I wanted to to go. Where I was, I. Um, you know, I've been in this business for a long time and I just, I still want to be involved. You know, I love this industry. So, um, so we had those talks that were, um, we came together on a deal. <laughs> so there it is. We have a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitch Dominski and Solutions for Real Estate is joining the Poplar family. That's right. We're excited. <laughs> so that gives us uh, space in Ohio to come and work. It also gives a bunch of benefits to your existing owners and your residents as well. Um, when you look at how long it took to make the deal and how many conversations you had, where were you at in your business? Were you, you say you were just looking for technology, but were you also kind of looking for and like, what's your value? Is there that kind of a thing there where you're just kind of always in the back of your mind going, what is this thing that I'm building worth? Yeah, I'm going to go back up a little bit. In 16, okay. 17, 16, 17, um, my wife and I, Susie, we really wanted to, we got rid of the kid out of high school. We really wanted to refocus on what we were doing. And at that time, uh, we found that um, this actually this business is worth something, which kind of surprised me. We just figured it was just something we did while we, you know, had our own investment property. 
but I also learned how far behind we were. I felt like we were always a leader in Columbus. We still are, by the way. And, um, um, but what was going on nationally with all the new technology that was going on, I felt like we were behind. So we really revamped a lot of things in 16, 17, 18, and we started growing again. And I think a lot of um, where, where we were at was we wanted to run a really strong, efficient business. Uh, right before COVID, we are actually forced uh, from our building. We had a, a, the middle, it was a four story building and the middle atrium actually collapsed that we were renting in. Ooh. And within an hour, we were again, another disaster in Ohio, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think but, the great atrium collapse of 2016, 17 exactly. is, is a big so story though. In, yeah, in 19, it was September six or something, 19, we hear this crash and, uh, Jamie and Josh, we walk out of the building and doors couldn't open. And it was, uh, within an hour, the fire department said, uh, this building is condemned and <laughs> luckily I'm in property management. I broke in and grabbed our <laughs> computers and our checkbook and we were up and running the next day. And, um, my team came to me and said, Hey, we really like working from home. Can we continue this? I said, well, we really have no choice, but let's figure it out. And then COVID hit. So we look like geniuses. Um, but, <laughs> um, it was my team that really shined through the whole thing with, um, look, we have to measure things differently, the things that we watch out for any property management company out there knows when you see this, this, and this, something's not going right. So we were able to manage around that. Uh, I think my team is happier uh, working all remotely. So uh, we're in the middle of growing. I know it's a long answer, but uh, we're in the middle of growing. We have time. So that's we... all podcasts are. Podcasts are just people giving long answers to simple that's questions. Right. There you go. Um, <laughs> But uh, we were in that space of, I felt like we were headed towards, the, you know, there's a, there's a certain size that you can get. And then um, the next layer, the next height is there's a whole nother layer of management that you got to put in it. Um, and I feel like we were heading in this black hole. They say between 700 and 1,000 doors is where all of a sudden it gets kind of funky. And then once you break through the other side of it, uh, at the same time of what was going on too, a lot of our inventory was getting sold because people were cashing out, making some good yeah. money with the ramp up of, of real estate. So we were, we were maintaining our, our level of units pretty good through that time. And it was just, um, like I said, we weren't necessarily looking to sell the company, uh, because I got a lot more to give, I feel like, and there is, uh, but however I needed help and, you know, sometimes being the lone wolf and implementing, we've tried technology and fell flat on our face and, you know, paid thousands of dollars to something that just yeah. didn't work for what we're doing. So if anything, I feel a little bit now support. Now I can, um, cry to somebody else if something doesn't work, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, it, it's, uh, but that's, that's kind of where we were at. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about that tech piece for a minute. So when you say you guys kind of upgraded in 16, 17, 18, before that, was it, was it Excel? Was it paper? Like what level of technology did you have when you decided to start 
transitioning and, and really beefing that side up? Yeah, the management software. So, you know, using Buildium um, allowed us to do a lot of the stuff that we were doing, but there was the next part of it, the next level of it was, for example, AI getting used for showings um, and that whole, it's very, um, leasing is very labor intensive. Yeah. If you let it. And the, um, the, the, other technology out there that allows you to like tenant Turner that we use right now allows us to uh, capture some of that time back because our agents, our leasing agents are going out and, you know, they're showing houses and, you know, we put up a listing, we'll get a hundred inquiries and that's a lot of information in a short amount of time. And of course you want to fill it as fast as you can with a qualified tenant. So um, some of the things that we are, trying to get probably the biggest thing was the workflow that we have on the maintenance side where because we track it right now from the time it goes empty to the time that it's rent ready we are tracking days on when that's happening and when we should touch the contractor letting the owner know where we're at taking pictures and that whole timeline of doing that that was the final piece that i was searching for last year and I just couldn't find it where it was going to be a completely revamping of what we did. And remember, we just went through, you know, with COVID and putting all that in place. Um, um, it was that, that was like the final piece that I really wanted to put together that was going to just make it sure that we're catching everything throughout that entire process. Gotcha. <clears throat> and so in that, I want to kind of highlight that. I think one of the things that Poplar Homes really is good at offering is integration and having all the stuff live in the same system. So we're not on building and we're not on Appfolio. We have our back end and then we have our portals and all this stuff. And a lot of it is stuff that we've built to work. So when you talk about things like tenant Turner, we have our own case management system, access management systems that aren't third party. And because they're not third party, we're buying equipment putting it on the property. And then we have that, that little Delta that's, you know, it's three to $5 each tour cheaper, maybe, but you calculate that out over 15,000 doors and it makes a huge difference. The same thing with something like tenant Turner, since we've built it and it's in our system, we're not paying that fee to tenant Turner. So there's, there's all these little pieces we do to kind of make our processes as efficient as we can, which is the thing that you're talking about. And then the second thing that's really nice is that because we're doing it, when we see a new trend out in the industry, we don't have to buy it from the guy. We can figure out if it's possible that we already have the stuff to do it ourselves. So that happens quite a bit and it allows us to give those extra benefits, that eviction coverage, that rent guarantee, the things that for owners can give them more of a peace of mind. So that's where I think we have, what you're talking about is that transition from, um, upgraded technology to using other people's technology to then you're now one of us. So it's our technology we're using, which is really nice. Yeah. And, and you know, I also, I, I know I have, I've spoken <laughs> my two cents about um, wouldn't it be cool if you can do this or that, but you know, yeah. you go to, you know, like our leasing side of it, we're able to open up the window to a 24 seven. If we, choose to, to have showings at that property with unassisted 
Um, we, theoretically, we could. We're not. We're not super into the midnight showings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You don't. But you can. Do you can provide access to a vendor if a but, vendor says I can only be there at ten o'clock. Exactly. Exactly. So it just opens the window to be a little bit more convenient to the tenant. So I think that's that's pretty cool. Um, but the like the rent guarantees that you talk about and eviction protection, I think that's really exciting. That is something that has been talked about for the last two or three years. And for the life of me, I could not figure it out at the size that we're at. And I don't know that I would have ever been able to do that. Um, so I'm really interested to see um, how we can roll that out. And, um, you know, what's the adoption rate? You know, how many people are going to say, yes, I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice because I think it's one of those things that only really happens at scale. You know, when you look at how insurance companies, kind of insurance adjusters figure out how likely something is and then go, okay, well, I need this many paying this much to normalize that. Mm-hmm. And we're at a level where we can do that and we have that ability and option. Um, for the residents, we also have our street cred program, which has helped people buy houses. I mean, they can move into that property too. So we're looking really to be a lifetime property partner for owners, investors, and residents and kind of help them on their journey. So I think that's that's a beneficial kind of space to be in to try and help stabilize and integrate the housing market for mm. single family renters. You know, because there's a there's a ton of people out there that have two houses, three houses. I mean, in your portfolio, what's the average number of properties somebody has? Do you, do you know how it big is, their portfolios are? I'm doing the math in my head. Three is the average. Three. So we, have, we service 180 owners. We're at 580 units. Um, we're going to be we're going to be up over 600 at the end of this month uh, with the stuff that we have in the hopper. <clears throat> and um, yeah, it's only three. We got a lot of. I'm talking to more people yeah. that have uh, one property because you know we're we're stuck in that world of hey, I've got three three and a half percent on my house. I got my new job in Chicago. Yeah. I don't want to sell my house. So what we're seeing in Columbus is the the market is getting even tighter. And then we got a we got a standoff between buyers and sellers. Yeah. Sellers are like, I'm not gonna I'm gonna move into the same value home and my my payment's gonna be fifty percent higher. That ain't flying. Yeah. So it's gonna be real interesting here. Yeah, it's a different market for sure. And it's definitely going to hold that way for a while. I don't see the housing stock coming online. Um, and I don't know how, you might have an idea on this. Is there enough housing for the fab plant that's coming in? Or will there no. be enough new built? No, nope, nope. Are they it's, talking about um, dormitories or apartments or RV no. caravans? How are they going to house them all? I mean, obviously, when it was announced, we're going on a year now, there's a huge land grab. You know, the the plants, they bought, Intel bought 3,100 acres, which is just a massive piece of property um, uh, that was purchased. But everything around it, um, you know, we are managing outside of the other side. So, you know, we're in the, this plant is in the northeast corner of, central columbus and so we're bouncing on the little cities that are on the outside like mount vernon johnstown and newark and we'll manage in those areas because it's it's going to be the same distance to the intel plant as it is you know where i live 
Um, so that's allowing us to expand, you know, a, a little bit and make sense of it because I know those values are going up and people are looking there. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I started doing when I hear the word acre in my head, just cause I'm really bad at telling how big an acre is, is I convert it to football fields. They're, they're not the same size. They're just, they're about, I think a football field is an acre is like 75% of a football field. So it's most of a football field. But if you think of it as almost 3000 football fields that they bought to put that in, that's just, that's, that, that's American freedom units right there. That's right. That's right. I drove, I drove by there about a month ago. I'm like, I'm going to sneak by and see what's going on. So you, you're driving down the road and you see this like 10 foot perimeter fence and you look through the fence and you don't see anything, but they're working on it. And all of a sudden there'd be like a little, you, you'll capture it. You'll just see piles and piles of culvert pipes and big earth movers. And it's like, you won't even be able to see the plant from the road. That's how far in um, <laughs> this plant is. Because I think what they did was they went out and they bought all this land up because all they want to sell their land to all the suppliers, the 40 oh, suppliers right next to them. that we want you to be right here. Now, some of these suppliers can be up to an hour away and they can get away with cheaper. But what they did was they say, Hey, well, you know, we want you right here. And if you want to be here, you know, I'm sure they're making a little money on building their out. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. God, that's, that's amazing. Um, turning back over to the, the transitions and stuff that we're going, we're putting you through really. Um, the piece that I want people listening who are kind of thinking through this and thinking about how this will happen. So this is for owners that might've tuned in to hear about this. Um, there's, there's going to be a, a transition that makes sense. So we're not just going to, uh, throw the name on and flip everything over in a switch overnight. We recognize that all of this is, is something that needs to be done in a reasonable manner. So the announcement's kind of the first step. Um, the next steps that follow are, you'll see the website be slightly rebranded. You'll get a lot of communications <laughs> letting you know what's going on. And then there'll be a point at which we do a data migration and we kind of pull all the data over into our systems and we'll run both systems so that we can verify that all the data is correct. And then eventually it'll just be, you'll be in the popular platform and you'll just be logging into a different spot. So that's what will happen eventually. We'll be very upfront about the timelines on that and let you guys know when it's coming. It's not going to sneak up and be uh, log in here, now log in here. And we try and be conscientious about when we do them and place it when there's no financial risk. We try and stay really far away from the first. That's all I can mm -hmm. say about that one. Because we don't want to interrupt any of those flows. We want that to be safe and stable for you. And then Mitch is still going to be around. Mitch and I have been talking about different things that he can do. Um, and he's got a lot on his plate just with his own properties, his own business, and helping you guys as owners find more buildings, find more properties to put into your portfolio. Uh, now we can help you look further afield. Um, but he's also going to be doing a little bit more talking to people that are thinking about doing the same thing. So Mitch, when you're in conversations with people who are expressing an interest in possibly selling their company, um, what kind of conversations have you had around that so far at places like NARPM and then just people on the street? Yeah. Um, you know, you have to go what you're, what you've been through. And, you know, one of the, um, I, I don't know how it happened though, Justin, I don't know how I became the old guy in the room, 
A lot of people started their businesses after the crash, and I started in 01, so 22 years in the making. And I, I do have gray hair, believe it or not. But Well, you have um, hair, so that's nice. Yeah. There you <laughs> <laughs> so when, um, when I'm talking to people, um, I, I, I start the conversation just how it started with me. What are you struggling with? And, you know, I hear things like, um, um, you know, keeping up with technology, burnt out uh, is a huge one. Uh, you know, what are you doing about it uh, is my follow-up to that. Uh, keeping up with technology. Uh, I can't grow anymore because we're selling all of our inventory. Uh, the headaches that we have from owners or tenants or contractors. I mean, we all we all have those, but there's always there's always um, um, everybody I've talked to. They've always had this curiosity on. I wonder what my company's worth. You know, that's that it always sits out there. And um, if I didn't know it was my time uh, <laughs> when I was going to sell, uh, I knew I was approaching it just because. Um, um, from a financial standpoint, um, there are certain things I wanted to do, but there was still work to be done. And one of the uh, questions that that uh, you know people ask immediately is, "So, how much do you get for for your company?" And I'm like, you know, that's that's not really the point. It's like, where do you want to take? Where what fits for you? What's coming up next? The um, so I, I kind of feel like I want to be, um, you know, put my arm around that property manager and say, uh, wouldn't it be nice? Let me just paint this picture for you. You know, tell me what you want. Tell me what you hate. There might be an answer for somebody because um, I think we all go through having bad days and getting beaten up and all that stuff. So, um, you know, you got to hit, you got to hit people at the right time sometimes, you know? To yeah. I think it's forward. something that you and I have talked about before too, is where you'll take the calls and you'll have the conversation. But when you, when you were talking to us, you weren't planning on selling then at all. No, no, I wasn't. I was trying to solve a problem that I knew was coming uh, or I don't even think it was coming. It was just, it just needed to be done better. And I knew that there was something out there. And it was just um, solving a lot of problems with um, with growing and with technology. So, um, you know, doing this for 22 years, yeah, you do get beat up. Um, <laughs> and it is kind of nice to be able to kind of lean on others to uh, grow and throw ideas off of and, you know, take it to the next level because... You know, I'm responsible for growing out Ohio, um, so I'm real excited about going to Cleveland, and uh, we haven't talked to somebody about Dayton, too. Uh, being the licensed broker for uh, Solutions for Real Estate, um, and just I've had people begging me to open up in other markets. So what that allows us to do, not just Ohio, but allows us to offer more uh markets to our current investors. I would say over half of our investors are out of state 
and they're looking for solid property management, boots on the ground. And that's kind of where we shine is, um, you know, saying, hey, this is a good deal or not a good deal or uh, don't buy this property or this is a great area. And There's kind of a safety and diversification there mm-hmm. where you can have if one market has a great big boom like Ohio's having, another one's super stable. And then maybe you have a third market that's going down. If you've got properties in all of those, you've hedged your bets. You're pretty stable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even even within Ohio, we have hot markets. We have flat markets. Um, you know, Dayton is a lot like Cleveland, um, but there's pockets within that. Cincinnati and Columbus are a lot alike. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even within Ohio. So, Talk through like in, in a property management career going from zero to almost 600 doors. What are, you talk about this inflection point coming up. What are the inflection points that you've already been through? I mean, the first one is your first door, but then what are the <clears> other <throat> ones? What are the major kind of milestones in that growth? Oh boy. How about my partners? <laughs> have they been <laughs> that I, that I good, no bad, have. indifferent? <laughs> Got um, it. yeah i mean uh i went through two partners and that was right during 2008 9 and 10 uh hmm. that uh i don't know we we saw the world differently um parting ways and in the middle of that uh, we went from 52 real estate agents down to half that uh, we were probably 100 plus doors at that time People couldn't sell their house, so they needed to rent it. So we already had an established business when the accidental landlord showed up. And so we are in a great position for that. Uh, but there was also a lot of people that got in the business in 2010, 11, 12. Um, and I think that's right when uh, the more professionalism came up aboard. So uh, definitely 2008 to 2010 was a you know, defining uh, who I was and what kind of business I wanted to run, getting rid of my partners. And, uh, you know, I would say between 2012 and 16, we're more family focused, you know, and that's what is nice about owning your own business. You decide how much you want to go after. Yeah. And when my, when my son graduated high school, we uh that's when we dove back in we said look we need to be better what we're doing uh we had a whole new uh, marketing efforts a new website uh technology we were turning on at that time but we were also educating ourselves nationally on best practice and you weren't really getting it if you're stuck at you know when you're by yourself yeah. Um, but going out and just learning everything that's out there and the great speakers that are going on uh, that are that they provide at the National Association of Residential Property Managers, NARPM, um, and other technology firms that would have their own uh, associations. I mean, it was like, wow, there's a lot of stuff coming at us. And, you know, you got to watch out that you don't say every new shiny penny that comes in yeah. because they don't always work. And that's um, that can be very difficult because if you add it on, you're t- you're asking your team to take it on, yeah, because um, they're the ones who have to use it. Yeah. So 
<clears throat> knowing that bit and knowing kind of those inflection points and knowing the way that you went, which is selling the business, um, I think traditionally there's a couple of different ways that property management companies transition. I, I think the most common one is they'll stay in the family. I think the second most common one is somebody in the company takes it over. So there's like an heir apparent and they become the, the, the broker and take over the property management company, usually with buyback agreements. So there's an inertia in a lot of that. What do you see as, as the ways to exit a property management company when you're ready to retire or ready to do a new thing? Yeah, I see some people just closing it, which, you Where know. Where do the doors go? They just scatter, <laughs> uh, you know, they... Uh, and I think it's people that have been in the business as long as I have or longer, and they don't realize that there's actually value in the business and that income stream. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's fairly sticky business. You know, once the, I mean, you have to mess up pretty good to lose contracts. You know, we, we work real hard in building that loyalty and that trust. And so, you know, we're not perfect by any means. It's how we react to those things. You know, we're, we're going to make it right. But, um, the, um, what was the question? <laughs> so the different exits. So you've got, right. The so different exits. Yeah. Your exit, so, and we have people closing office and then there's also handoffs yeah. and inheritance, but like, yeah. How so, do you think about those different ones? Yeah. Go so, ahead. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at, um, you know, someone who inherited, right? So as my son was growing up, they're like, hey, you know, is Mac going to take it over and all that stuff? I'm like, he has no interest in this business. He's actually too smart for this business. You know, he, <laughs> he um, I don't, uh, you know, and then you're giving it to somebody who doesn't have the same passion. And you, you know, you've, I, this is my legacy. This is my, uh, my reputation and I'm not going to give it to just anybody and I'm, I'm, I wouldn't even give it to him. He'd have to pay me just like anybody else would um, within the company or like uh, uh, employees or even agents, you have the same problem. Um, do they have the vision to um, take it to the next level? Do they want it? Do they have the passion? I, it really does come down to passion because you can't do this business. You'd be miserable if you don't have any passion yeah. about delivering a great product to somebody. So um, if you lose that passion or you're burned out, um, you know, you don't want to lose what you've built up to that point. So maybe it is something that you look into about selling or, you know, even getting, you know, repositioning yourself into doing something else for Poplar Homes, which, I mean, that's what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. So that's probably the one that you know best is the one that you're doing. So let's, let's close this out on two things. One, if you had one minute, a minute with Mitch with a property management company owner to explain the benefits of coming over to the Poplar side, how would you burn that minute? Where are you at in your life? Uh, what do you value? What you, what do you really want? in, um, you know, there's the work-life balance and it's still working for you. The next thing I would say is how involved do you want to be? Um, you know, it might be one of those uh, points of inflection that you say, you know what, I could still be involved with it um, or I'm done with it. 
so it you know you almost have to take the read from somebody I, i'd talk to anybody that calls me uh and you know what are the things to look at and i would tell them that um um where do you want it to go and where do you really want to be you know and i think that's a, a really nice spot to kind of think about it because one of the things that we've we've run into as we talk to more and more companies is people have very different agendas, very different goals and desires to get out of their labor, mm -hmm. their work and what they've built. And so that's, that's going to be a very unique thing for every owner that we talk to for sure. Um, so if you want to get a hold of Mitch and get some property going in Ohio, you can find him at solutions for real estate right now, but he'll be coming over pretty quick and we'll be rebranding all that. Mitch is your website's s4re.com. Correct. S the number four re.com. There we go. So you can go find Mitch there if you have any questions for him. Of course, you can find us at poplar.home slash pod. That's poplar.home slash P-O-D. If you guys have any questions about um, mergers and acquisitions, about valuations, we do have a little form on that website there that you can fill out and let us know. And we'll reach out and talk to you and see if you can be the next Mitch Dominski. <laughs> but of course, there can be only one. And it is Mitch. <laughs> Thanks for spending some time with us today, Mitch. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate it. Bye.